Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. And welcome back to the Defiant Spirit Podcast and the Meaning Project Podcast. Uh, as we were talking, getting ready for this introduction, we are back to give you our beloved audiences what you want. The return of Rabbi B and Dr. D to talk more things, logotherapy, Dr. Victor Frankel, uh, existential analysis, meaning and purpose today. But before we get into that, B, how you been, brother? I've been well, man. I, I miss our weekly conversations, but at least we're doing it, what, like bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it is. But here we are, back together again. Yeah, it's it's funny. It was weekly at one point, and uh, man, I, I think we saturated the market, right? Like we really, our, our, our people got quite a bit of it. And, and now, um, you know, uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder because I've been hearing some great stuff um, uh, on the just little bit we're letting out. Yeah, no, I uh, think we're not doing the podcast for good reasons because we're both doing so much in our respective, you know, work and mm-hmm. personal lives. Uh, Want to hear what's going on with you? I've been working on the Defiant Spirit, really cleaning it up, getting it ready, taking it out, and that's my work around bringing our good doctor's um, legacy together with the Enneagram. And as far as I know, it hasn't been done. So I've been, you know, pioneering some new good stuff in two great systems. And, and could you, I mean, for the sake of the audience watching on YouTube, step aside just a little bit. Let's see that beautiful logo right behind yeah. you. I mean, you got yeah, the right. defiant spirit, the Enneagram colors going on there. That is gorgeous. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I'm really proud of it because I've always seen myself as a spokesperson for both Victor Frankel's message, which I do believe needs to be scaled now more than ever before. We got to get it out there. And the Enneagram, which oftentimes is um, sort of overshadowed by your um, great love of um, Myers-Briggs, which is a great system. But you know, both of these traditions, I don't think have gotten their share, their fair share. Agreed. And, and I got to tell you, I, I have to argue with you there, certainly not being overshadowed because in my very first uh, coaching clinical session of the morning, um, somebody brought up your work on this podcast with the Enneagram oh, cool. um, in almost an insulting way to the MBT. No, absolutely not insulting, <laughs> but just uh, comparing. And I, and I thought, you know what? It's just amazing to see what kind of reach we're having here, but also what you're having with the Enneagram. So very excited to see how that keeps going. Love the new studio and logo. It's some beautiful work you got going on. So tell us what's going on with your life. Yeah. So a lot of coaching and clinical work coming up, a couple speaking engagements I'm working on. Uh, I have a a local corporate engagement coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm putting together a nice speech for their um, first annual corporate development day. So really excited to be a part of that. And uh, with that, there's another therapist and I, you know, we talk a lot about um, making better humans, helping people become better. And a part of that work is also helping therapists do better work. So uh, she and I are 
um, getting together and doing some work to uh, offer continuing education to therapists. And then, of course, as you said, I love that word scaling, right? This mm -hmm. message deserves to be scaled. And what I'm finding in that clinical work, whether it's in my office here in Farmville, Indiana, or uh, on Zoom, touching more people uh, nationwide and worldwide, sometimes it's just not enough. There's only enough of us, a certain amount of us, you and I be to go around. And so I'm, I'm putting together some plans for next year to do some some greater offerings, some more. Uh, man, I tell you what, I love running groups. I always have ever since my grad school days and my early work days. So I'd like to try to put together some different topical online Zoom groups to get the message out bigger and better than what I have been. So you can be looking for that in 2023 from do, 2023 from Dr. Dan and the Meaning Project. Can't wait. Sounds like good stuff. Yeah. And meanwhile, you and I will continue to meet as much as possible and share the good work of Dr. Frankel, as well as um, I wanted to bring this back out, right? I don't know if we've talked about this particular text. I know you, I've shared it with you. Victor E. Frankel's Logotherapy and Existential Analysis Theory and Practice. You guys, look how thick that book is. I mean, it is up there with the DSM and silly me. I've got all of these tabs and notes in here because it, it is, it's just that powerful. It's actually by two of our, uh, uh, fellow uh, peers with the Graduate Theological Foundation, Drs. Maria and Edward Marshall. Um, I mean, they put together what I'm going to call the quintessential text hmm. on uh, Dr. Frankel, logotherapy, existential analysis. I mean, the beginning, the history is more than what I've read on his history anywhere before. So if it's something you're interested in, I highly recommend picking it up. So, you know, I, of course, I, I love him and his work. The challenge I have found is that most people can't crack the surface of most of his books. His mm. most famous book, obviously, is Man's Search for Meaning, which is more narrative than, it, I mean, it's half and half, I guess. The first half is his narrative. The second half is a pretty thin summary of um, logotherapy. And then I talk to people who always say, well, what do I read next? And, you know, like they go down, you know, saying yes to life and a few others. But then it's gets kind of thick and hard to read. So I'm glad there's more literature out there. Yeah, um, I always encourage people to move on to doctor and the soul because it is broken down in such good component parts. Right. You got yeah. the meaning of work, the meaning of suffering, the meaning of love. But you're right. After that, there is it gets pretty dense. And I'll never forget the story hearing about. Um, I mean, his writing was even worse before his wife, Ellie, would uh, uh, edit it for him. I remember the story that he would speak to her and he would give all these amazing ideas. And she would say, whoa, 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 time out. You've really got to dial that back and explain it so people understand. Mm. Um, and he was, uh, you know, prolific in his writing. I know his academic writing is is far more than I can always uh, quite understand. But yeah. This is an amazing text, and the good doctors, uh, Marshall, do a great job of pulling in all kinds of research. Not his, not just Dr. Frankel, but uh, Alexander Bettiani from uh, uh, Europe and Dr. Elizabeth Lucas, one of um, Victor Frankel's students. A lot of great work in here, so some good stuff. But I thought one of the things you and I talk about as we uh, take our message into uh, the corporate world, into organizations, to try to impact more people in bigger ways. Um, what I've run into is this idea of meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. right? I think I've shared many times on this podcast, I went to an amazing purpose summit last summer. Um, and basically what they were talking about a lot, a lot, a lot about meaning, 
but using the word purpose. Hmm. And they seem interchangeable. So I thought maybe you and I could dive into that and see, you know, if we go back 20, 25 years, do you remember, do you remember the book? It, it went, I don't know, number one, like the purpose driven life. Sure. By a uh, pastor. Uh, just blanked on his name. Yes. Yes. Good. Yeah. I remember, I mean, back then I was running uh, adolescent substance abuse groups and uh, one of our, well, I think it was a, our, our nurse or our RN was actually using that book to work with the clients then and some great results. I know people really liked it. And so I think purpose has gotten a really good um, connotation and it's got a really good rap while we left meaning behind. So I thought, hey, why not bring them out? There's this nice little paragraph in uh, the, the textbook here. Mind, mind if I read to you for a minute, B? Please, if I fall asleep, don't take it personally. <laughs> it's Yeah, just like my kids. Um, so, all right, here we go. Both meaning and purpose have been interchangeably used in the literature exploring finding meaning in life and work, right? So that right there, they talk about work. Um, according to Marrero in a 2017 article, uh, we can distinguish these two concepts by examining their roots in the Greek language. Now, B, I know the Greek language gets you pretty excited. So here we go, man. <laughs> The Greek word for meaning is logos. Logos. Look at you like you're reading the textbook with me, man. <laughs> right? So the Greek word for meaning is logos, which can be translated as reason or ground, the foundations and essence. It's mm. beautiful. While the Greek word for purpose is telos, which refers to concrete action through which one reaches a goal. The two concepts are similar but different meaning is the ground of existence its foundational reason and objective aim and goal while purpose involves directness in the pursuit of what is valuable to accomplish or actualize meaning wow love it Ooh. that is uh, actually that's from fabry back in 94 reprinted by marrero in 17 so you want to you want to take a stab at that first? Um, you well, I do think they're used interchangeably, and I think it's a mistake to kind of um, mush up these words because each has power, right? They each offer us something different. So I'm glad you're making us really think this through. I just I always often have a conversation. I'm sure you do too around one of the fundamental aspects of Frankel, which is. And I think we spoke about this our last podcast. Meaning isn't created, it's discovered. I believe that was the title of our last podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But should, roll with it. I should pay attention to our to podcast. Um, but I have the conversation, if not daily, certainly multiple times a week, because I think there is a miss a, a fundamental misconception of meaning, and that is I, right? I bar Halevi am imposing meaning upon a bad situation or a good situation, as opposed to the Franklinian, Dr. Frankel's philosophy of meaning, which is meaning exists, whether or not little Baruch Halevi on planet Earth that, you know, during this particular time acknowledges it as meaning or not, it's not up to me. I'm not that powerful. I'm not the source. There is a source, call, source, whatever you want, God or essence or universe or meaning, it's there. My humble work is to become a servant, to become a seeker of that in these difficult situations, to go into the 
circumstance and to discover it or uncover it. I'm not creating it. And why that's so important to me is because I'm no longer, it's not about me. Mm -hmm. I'm participating in something bigger than myself. I am showing up and playing my part with a, you know, a larger symphony. And yeah, playing my, you know, little cello on the end is important, but it's not the symphony. And mm -hmm. so it just gives me a greater sense of purpose, mm -hmm. right? To go into that meaning. And so the meaning is there. It's the essence. And we'll talk about that. The purpose is the, is the work, is the mission. Mm -hmm. It's the behavior. It's the action. It's the behavior is the action. And that is a fundamental shift in the way I think most people think of meaning and purpose. Absolutely. I mean, you described it so eloquently, right? Meaning is the ground of existence. No matter what we do, it is there. We cannot deny it. We, we cannot refute it. It's there. It exists. It is our role to discover it, to uncover it, as, as we've shared many times. And we take action. We seek out our purpose, our unique way of doing that. Uh, as the good doctor says, that we are all unique in our singularity and that we all have a task to accomplish. That task is our purpose. And in that purpose, we discover meaning in that ground of existence. And when we do, as we've talked about, we become healthier, more well, happier, more successful, whatever you want to call it. We find that meaning and all these other positive aspects ideally are byproducts of it. However, as we know, they're not all always positive aspects. Sometimes suffering is a part of meaning as well. And it doesn't require faith. You know, I think this is a big shift. It doesn't, you know, meaning exists whether or not I, you know, two plus two equals four, whether or not I have faith in it. Right? It doesn't, I don't have to have faith. Obviously, you haven't done common core math because I'm not sure that's true anymore, but that's another podcast. <laughs> so assuming that's still true, but there are truths that it doesn't need my validation. It doesn't need my recognition. I don't have to do anything. Right. And, and I think that's important because I have a, I have a hard time with faith. I don't mm -hmm. fully understand what it means. I don't know if I have it, but I, I, I don't have to. The meaning is there. I guess I do have to have faith that this system is works and it's true, but the meaning is there. I just have to go into it to discover it. And it doesn't depend on me to believe in it. Do you believe in this? Do you not believe in this? I don't know. All I know is when I go into that experience, I have never come away with anything less than the meaning, with anything less than the knowing mm -hmm. that something is there. Right. And so I guess I just I say that because we live in a world right now that is so focused on, you know, faith based propositions. I don't care if they're religion. I don't care if we're talking about politics. There's so much. What do you believe? Mm. Right. What's and, and so this what I love about um, Frankel, there's nothing you have to subscribe to. You don't have to make any affirmation statements. I believe same with the Enneagram, by the way. You don't have to make any statements of faith. Just mm -hmm. enter it, go into it, experience mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and I think, as you say, experience it, that, that draws me back to the oft-shared uh, meaning triangle, right? You don't have to believe in it, but you know when you go experience things of a meaningful sort in life, you feel it. You feel it differently. Whether you believe it or not, you stand on that mountaintop looking at these beautiful fall colors and you say, oh, that i feel something there 
Yeah. Right. Or you go create a work. You create, you know, the uh, the defiant spirit and all your work in the Enneagram. And, you know, there's a higher calling there um, that I'm going to go back to a, to a statement. You said that transcends the self. So whether you believe it or not, you know, when you step outside yourself and you know that existence of meaning because you feel different, you feel more whole, more healthy, more well. I don't, I'm not sure what it is. We just know. And, and maybe that brings us to that issue in defining faith that we don't always know or feel it, as well as meaning. You and I have danced around this idea of defining it. And I, and I think we feel we did a pretty good job of it. But still, it can be pretty ethereal sometimes, much like the idea of faith. So how does that then move, shift us over to purpose? You know, that's where um, I, I think it's so important to make that shift because, you know, I've dealt a lot with grief counseling in my life. And one of the mistakes I see made around grief counseling, whether it's a formal counselor, whether it's a clergy or just a well-intentioned friend, is we talk about surviving, Right. And that is a starting point. You know, you need to survive your loss, but then you need to go beyond surviving because surviving is not a purpose. Right. Surviving is a basic function of animals and human beings to stay alive. But we're not here. This is what, you know, Frankel embodied this, not just taught it. We're not here just to survive. Right. When your loved one dies, yes, start by surviving. But if you only survive after that, you're not honoring them you're here to live and and that that's a purpose right that's the shift from yeah i'm gonna find meaning i'm gonna find essence i'm gonna find something that's true right logos true and take it with me now what well now i gotta live it i gotta share it i gotta grow it that's purpose so it's taking this meaning and doing something bigger with it Absolutely. It goes beyond surviving the loss to thriving in it, as we often say, turning that suffering into some kind of achievement or accomplishment, Do as you said, doing something with it. And I think that's why purpose is so much easier, especially for us in Western culture, to define. We are an action-oriented culture, right? And so purpose is all about action. It's behaving. It's making a choice, creating a plan, and moving in a direction. Well, yeah, we can define that pretty well. And in doing that, in living out our purpose, we discover this ground of existence. We find meaning in all these different ways. If we take that um, into, into the work environment, um, the supervisor, the boss, the business owner, even the employee that finds their reason to get up and go to work, that is beyond just making a dollar or making many dollars, whether that's serving the community, serving a greater cause, Sometimes it's just serving each other, the person down the line from you. When we go about that behavior, that purposeful, intentional action, regardless of what it is, as long as we go about it with that attitude, we can certainly find meaning. And, and that's why I think Frankel so often quoted Nietzsche of he or she who has a why to live for can endure anyhow, because you need that why, which are, to me is synonymous with purpose, mm. right? It is taking the essence, right? The noos, the spirit, whatever, that's ephemeral. That's like, that's for you to kind of feel your way through and just know, not believe, but just know you get there. And now you got to translate it into reality, right? And you got to come back to that why, right? Back to, I think the, you know, the 
best example I can come up with is again, somebody dies in, in your life. You've got to find something, you know, the mystics call it the sparks of divinity, sparks in the dark, go into it, find it, and then do something with it, right? Some, you know, pops into my head, mothers against drunk driving, right? Started mm -hmm. because a mother lost her child and she went into it. She found something of worth that she could educate others so this would never have to happen again. And then she turns that into her why and she starts translating it into reality. And now it doesn't bring back her daughter and it doesn't replace her daughter, but it does make it meaningful. It does translate it into light for others. And then I don't know, but I imagine that light carried her through the darkness forward and that's purpose. Absolutely. And if I remember correctly, you, you, this, you here in front of me may have actually written a book about finding those sparks, right? Uh, Through those difficult times. I believe it was called, yeah, look at it, Spark Finders, right? Spark Seekers, close. Spark Seekers. Ah, so close. Beautiful book. Love that book. Great book for anybody struggling, um, suffering through loss. And, and if I can try to uh, walk my way through one of Dr. Frankel's most favorite, favorite off-quoted stories, when he was talking to the physician who lost his wife, the physician could not get past his wife dying. And, and so he seeks out Dr. Frankel, who says, and I mean, not even a full session, right? This was probably a seven minute Dr. Victor Frankel session. He said, well, what would have happened if you survived and your wife would have stayed, or if, if you would have died and your wife would have survived. And, and the physician says, well, she would have suffered unimaginably without me. And he says, exactly. And you are here to suffer for her so that she didn't have to suffer. And with that, the physician, you know, found that he didn't have to carry out some great action. He didn't have to create an entire organization that helps sometimes, but just finding out within himself that he could recognize I am here. So my wife didn't have to suffer any longer he was able to find meaning in that. Well, he was able to find meaning and translate it into a purpose, which is mm -hmm. to stay alive, right? To carry, you know, my, my language, to carry her fire, to carry her mm -hmm. meaning. That's a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I love this when, when I'm, you know, counseling or talking to somebody who's going through loss. I love sharing this famous uh, quote. I don't know. I think just attributed it to anonymous, but um a person dies two deaths, once when their body dies and once when their story dies. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing we can do about physical bodily death. But we can, the defiant spirit, we can defy a second death for our loved ones. How? By telling their story. Whatever that means, however that means, but that's a purpose. Mm -hmm. Right? And now I not only can stay alive, I, I want to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And that's that's purpose. I, I think there's a more grim version of that statement too. It says people die two deaths. The first time is when their, their physical form dies. And the second time when their name is uttered for the last time. And uh, I, I think that's something that any one of us that struggles you know, of a certain age and, and hairstyle uh, that struggles with that existential angst, that recognition that our time here is finite. And very often that can be motivation not to seek the infinite, not to become a legend in our own mind or in the mind of social media, but to do something impactful that helps others. And as you and I have talked many times, B, I mean, we are certainly blessed in our vocation to be able to touch lives on a daily basis. Um, but there are other ways that people do that as well by doing that self-transcendent work, by
by turning a purpose, a behavior, a, a daily reason for getting up and discovering meaning in it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I remember reading Frankel talking about the gift of that stop, you know, the, uh, the supernal stopwatch that's ticking for all of us. Right. And without that, I wouldn't have the urgency, right, to manifest my purpose, to live my purpose, to otherwise, you know, I'll just get to it someday. And we need that stopwatch. And we need to remind ourselves that stopwatch is ticking and I have X amount of you know, ticks to live the purpose. So what's your purpose? Mm -hmm. And, you know, find it. And then now, now's the time. Not someday, not Monday. You know, this isn't the, the New Year's resolution or the diet. It's now. Right. Right. And I think that's so true. Too often we put off, you know, I mean, procrastination is a, a very powerful tool in our world today that oh, I'll get to it tomorrow or next month or I'll wait till that New Year's resolution. But no, you're exactly right. Time is ticking. We only have so much. And that's what makes life amazing. Um, according to logotherapy and, and many other philosophies, by recognizing uh, the you know the finiteness of our time here, um, it gives us it gives us a reason to seek that purpose to to do it um, quickly, efficiently, to find it and, and and to enact it, to engage in it, mm -hmm. so that we can discover that meaning. Because you're right, unless you're a uh, a Marvel superhero or any one of the other infinite characters, there. Um, you only have a certain amount of time. And, and I think we should really, you know, um, make sure our listeners understand that purpose, like you said, doesn't have to be starting a nonprofit and changing, you know, society and blah, blah, blah. Like it can be to stay alive. Mm -hmm. I, I remember after my father um, took his life, that was my second experience. My grandmother took her life. And I just remember that my core purpose in that moment and still is, is to stay alive. Because if I do, I break the chain, right, of generational suicide. And if I do that, then my children have no longer, they no longer see it as an option. Because if I were to kill myself, right, grandmother, father, son, now my kids are looking, saying, this is a viable option. Right. So just staying alive might be a purpose. Um, you know, it can be, and it can be much smaller than that, but there's all kind. And I would just add that it's probably better to call them purposes because I, I don't think it's a one and done. Mm -hmm. Lots of purposes for each of us. Well, absolutely. By, by finding new purpose every day, every week, every month, every year, every five years, whatever you want to do, then we, we, only give ourselves more opportunities for meaning. Maybe that purpose today is to start a business and then grow a business and then hire more people to give them an opportunities for life. Maybe it is something as, as theoretically simple, but practically difficult of just staying alive in the face of all that suffering and, and, and generational suicide. Um, we all get to make that decision every day. Uh, I've shared it often. We all get to make, we all get to make it the very first time we hear that alarm go off. Do we engage in the that heroic moment of awakening and jump out of bed and not hit snooze, or do we maybe take five or ten or thirty minutes a couple times? Right. I know for me, I, I want to have that heroic meaning and I, I want to find that purpose. And sometimes it doesn't always work. 
but we get to choose as as dr frankel tells us we have the meaning of the moment we get to choose every moment we have meaningful decisions or we can choose to procrastinate and let them pass us by i would say for our listeners because uh one of our listeners told us they really like some practical you know wisdom tidbits whatever mm. and here's one um i like to read about other people's purposes um i like to read about famous people and how they understood their purpose so you know i've been doing a lot of reading right now around just the, some of the ancients um and it's you know it's just inspiring to witness other people's purposes absolutely that i think honestly that goes back to if, if you want to get a heavy textbook and get deep into dr frankel's life i got i got a comment b i mean you've got some fairly insightful listeners i mean I, and don't get me wrong i i know i've gotten some wonderful feedback from many of my listeners the last one just simply said you know you got to get rid of those headphones on youtube i mean they just said <laughs> like how about you go find a different purpose than uh you know dogging me on youtube bud but um <laughs> you know i and i think that's the great thing you're absolutely right um practical knowledge choosing every day when you wake up what is my purpose going to be how am i going to behave to as, as we talk about transcend myself impact others either experience um amazing things that help me discover meaning or create uh work works of art music um create things that help me find meaning or to choose, sometimes we don't have those options to experience or create. Sometimes it's just a battle to choose our attitude in, in the face of, of difficulty or suffering that helps us discover meaning. But but I would say I would challenge you know some of our listeners who are just going to put down like you know like me to the the podcast and say yeah that, I I have a purpose. Well, what is it? You know, I've been working as you have um, lately in corporate settings and really talking to people at a deep level about the mission of the company mm -hmm. and the companies that I'm working with have very clear missions, like very clear purposes. Um, then I shift the conversation and I say, so what's your purpose? Mm -hmm. And they start rattling off cliches. I say, and I basically call bullshit. I say, you know what? I, you don't get to use a cliche as a purpose. I mean, if it's true, articulate it, write it down. Like, tell mm -hmm. me exactly what does, what do you, Dan, stand for? Mm -hmm. and, and not on platitudes, but like, what's your personal mission statement, your purpose statement? Most people haven't gone there. This is an opportunity to write it down. Well, no, it's so much easier to diffuse that responsibility and engage in uh, corporate ego stroking and, and uh, uh, consultation um, to have somebody help us create that, right? And, and don't get me wrong. I love doing that work in, in different small businesses and organizations. Um, it's a very powerful moment, but you're exactly right just as powerful as doing that in a group or an organization is doing that for ourselves. And, and one of my favorites is we can reflect on what Dr. Frankel himself says. What was, what was his mission in life? Well, the meaning of his life was to help others to discover meaning. Um, yes. Okay. So I cannot use his obviously, cause he's a little bit more famous than I am, but um, I, I think that is something you and I definitely engage in regularly. But then how do we do that? What is the purpose? How do we enact that every day? Well, the how is important. And maybe that's our next podcast. But, you know, you got to start. You got to start with why, Simon mm -hmm. Sinek. You know, 
he or she who has a why can endure anyhow. Mm -hmm. So starting with why, starting with your purpose, nailing it down, owning it, right? Mm -hmm. Reciting it as a mantra, as a, as a prayer, as a, you know, whatever you want to call it every day. Mm -hmm. I, I have mine and I, you know, mine's a couple paragraphs long. I, I recite it by memory every single morning, every single night. Um, and it just keeps me on the path. Wow. That's, uh, I, I feel like in some ways I, I've been challenged. I appreciate that because, you know, like I said, I'm lucky just to stop hitting the snooze button some mornings and, and get up and, and get after uh, some coaching or clinical work. So maybe I should take the time to do that as well. And if I'm going to do that, I mean, heck be, I mean, that's a heck of a challenge for the rest of our, uh, our audiences out there for the, you know, for the for the the company owner that's getting up and and, and encouraging uh, his people to go out and, and build cabinets or install countertops, what's your purpose for all those teachers out there? And we know uh, I have a few listeners who who might be teachers. You know why, as as Simon Sinek does tell us, you know start with why 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 do you get up and go do that? Because it's got to be for more than a paycheck, or else you wouldn't do it. It's also got to be more than just, you know, the way you're manifesting it, because you could be a teacher and not have a classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, when you retire, you'll still be a teacher. Right. So what's underneath the actual, you know, or, or the business person. Right. You're going to retire. You're going to sell this thing. You're going to move on. You're going to have to at some point. You shouldn't lose your why. Mm -hmm. You should just change forms. So yeah. it should be big enough and bold enough and broad enough that it can withstand the circumstances. And so, yeah. I, I think that's an important statement that we've talked about before. You know, when, when we lose that why, many times we call that retirement or moving out of the business or selling the business or changing the, the, our, our work environment. But if we have that why, if we have that North Star, if we have that purpose, well, then we continue in what we're doing. We just, as you said, manifest it in a different way, still allowing ourselves many opportunities to discover meaning and uh, to, to help others. That's right. So that's the work. That's the, uh, the why that's the purpose. And I think that's the continuation of um, this idea that we are here to discover meaning, right. Mm -hmm. And, and take that meaning and translate it into the why, into the purpose and live it in all aspects of our life. And by, by behaving in that purpose, by acting out that purpose every day, we discover that meaning. Now, B, can I put you on the spot and say, I mean, if you recite this every day, are you, you going to share it or are we going to save that for another episode? I'm happy to do it. So here we go. I am Baruch Halevi. I've been chosen by you to be an example of what is possible. My purpose for being here is to serve, protect, provide for, honor, and love my wife, my family, my community, my country, my clients, my people, my tribe. My mission while here is to inspire others through speaking, writing, guiding, teaching, leading them down a path of vision, integrity, courage, compassion, honor, hope, responsibility, and truth. I am a warrior. I'm a warrior of body. I'm a warrior of mind. I'm a warrior of spirit, and I will warrior through. I say it multiple times every day when I feel like I'm losing myself or straying. Oof, that is uh, beautiful and powerful can i can i ask you what what brought you to that point and you know for, look i'm being selfish i want to know but i'm sure it would benefit our audience to know how, how did you come to that point how did you come to creating that and then memorizing it to recite it um you know i had a, i struggled deeply um after my father killed himself mm -hmm. um it really shook me to my core because he was this very successful 
man, human being on, on seemingly every level. He had everything that I was told I was supposed to strive towards. And then he, he killed himself and it rocked my foundation. And I knew that if I'm going to defy, you know, again, and not be a third generation of suicide that I'm going to have to drill down and not just talk in these platitudes, but live it. And so, you know, as a Jew, uh, when I was observant, I would pray three times a day, um, the formal prayers of the tradition. The problem was, is that I was just going through the motions. They're not mine, mm-hmm. right? I'm reading somebody else's mission statement. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, basically I said to myself, fuck this, I'm going to write my own prayer, my own mission. And I'm going to recite it every day, three times a day. And I'm going to, you know, like I thought about um, Tuesdays with Maury. And Mm -hmm. what would it be like to die of ALS, which, you know, maybe I will end up having to face. What would it be like for your body to shut down and you to just be lying there and only with your thoughts? Well, I want something. This is my, um, you know, Lord's Prayer. This is Mm -hmm. mine. And so if, if that's all I have, then I'll just recite that in my head until, you know, until the very end. But I wanted something that was mine, that I, that could save my life, honestly. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it truly is. And, and what, what, what an amazing example of, of turning suffering into something, creating something so meaningful. Well, thank you. Thank you, um, brother. I, I hope, I hope our audiences take that. And, and look, uh, B, I'm sure it took you a while to come to that and, and cultivate it. But phew, you guys, just take take the next few moments and maybe come up with the first line of it, right? Cool. And, and I want to reflect. You started out with I am. And I remember in a previous podcast a few weeks ago, uh, an individual I was working with said, you know what? I've discovered that those are the two most powerful words in the English language, I am. And then you just allow that to continue. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's uh, that's some good stuff. And you certainly illustrated it there. That'd be a good conversation for the next podcast. I am. Where does it come from? Why is it so powerful? Because it's mm-hmm. ancient and it's mm-hmm. uh, it is it's relevant. So there we go. I, I think the next one you and I do should be I am. And uh, I, I love when you go into the ancient historical uh, meaning, not just the Greek, but beyond of our favorite word logos. So uh, I, I think it's a date, man. All right, brother. I look forward to it until then. Uh, you know, just keep uh, discovering the meaning. Outstanding. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.